Boop a doop boop 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 Alright. <clears throat> Reading with finest. Episode 12. Look at me. I'm on it. I knew it. <clears throat> the day started off great. Got a gift from uh, my birthday in the mail. It's great. Some binding to bind my own book at some point. I do art and illustrations every now and then. Oh, if you guys want to follow me on things, if you're listening uh, and you want to follow me on something else or, or yeah, as uh, finest does the art on Instagram. It's all one word. All right. Uh, we finished, uh, I think we finished the, the myths earlier. Like uh, that first, that first thing we were, that first couple stories we were reading, those were Buddha's legends. Now we're on the Jakarta, Jataka. Uh, so we're going to read that. And oh, just another side note too. Go look up Bernie Sanders' eight and a half hour filibuster, but it's lo-fi because you learn quite a bit. It's like a 2010 filibuster he was doing. Um, but uh, it's just pretty, you know, interesting. Just keep it on in the background while you're studying and, and doing stuff. Uh, yeah, pretty good, pretty good stuff. All right. Anyways, the story is called Give It All You've Got, plus commentaries. That's my part. I added there. But you know. <clears throat> in a certain lifetime, long ago, the Buddha was a merchant and traveler. He gathered his goods in one part of the vast land of India, traded what he had bought, brought with him, then sold his new merchandise in yet another part of the land. In this way, he gained much experience of life, survived many hardships, learned about the ways of differing uh, peoples. He became wise and gathered some wealth. At one time, when he was already a gray beard and uh, dignified man, he was bringing a caravan of goods across a sandy desert. He had almost 100 ox-drawn carts filled with cloth, spices, and grain. Many men were his employee at the time, and he hired, in addition, a desert pilot to guide them safely through the vast wasteland. Now, a desert pilot is a man who knows the land and knows the stars. Like a pilot at sea, he navigates by starlight, and so he so and so can lead a carving safely across the most featureless desert terrain. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> because of that terrible heat, the caravan rested during the day under awnings, men and oxen both. Men and oxen both. Then at night, in the coolness after the sun had gone down, the men would hitch up the ox oxen and set off again under the stars. In this way, they traveled safely some six days across the sands. They had water and wood and food enough for yet another day or so, but men and oxen were tired. That the night pilot seated in the land wagon announced that by morning they would be beyond the desert. Wood, water, food, all again would be plentiful. So they unloaded the remaining water jars, the sacks of rice, and the wood they carried for building cook for building cooking fries fires i'm sorry and wood they carried for building cooking fires and with their loads light lightened 
set off for on the final trek. That does not sound like a good idea. All right. But we'll see. <clears throat> the pilot has been up on constant watch for six nights. The excess heat and the glaring light of the day had made sleep difficult. Now, as they neared their destination, he dozed off. The wagons rolled on. The oxen marched steadily through the darkness. The stars glittered over her, overhead in the clear desert sky air. Men laughed and joked. Just before dawn, the pilot woke, woke with a start. He glanced at the stars and cried out in alarm. Rather than going straight, he intruded on their course. Uh, they had been veering in a great half circle through the night. They were no nearer the destination. Uh, no near the desert ending than they had been at the sun's going down. Men and oxen were already terribly thirsty. In an hour, the sun would rise like a great ball of fire. The desert would become a hot blast as a furnace. Soon they would be consumed by thirst. The water had been lifted behind. Halt, cried the pilot. Stop the wagon. Stop. Yeah, you got to do this now. He said, go ahead. The open cloth shelter was erected and all hurdle beneath the protection it, it, it offered for the searing rays of the desert sun. The merchant leader of the caravan was no newcomer to danger. He stepped out from the shade of the shelter and began to walk along the dunes. Soon he spied that he had been searching for a few pale tufts of grass raising from the sand. Bring shovels, he called, and quickly... His man hurried forward, shovels and picks in hand. Dig, he said, where this grass grows. Dig, for our lives depend on it. Uh, down they dug into the sands, deeper and deeper. The exertion in, in that heat was terrible. Men gasped and fainted. Men gasped and fainted. Many times they thought to just give up and wait for death, but the merchant stood firmly by them. Dig, he said. I know it is hard, but where grass grows, there is there is water. Just trust me and do your best. So then, they, so they dug. <clears throat> At last, they had narrow well. They they had a narrow well pit extending some twelve or fifteen feet straight down. At the very bottom of that shaft, the sand was cool and carried some moisture in it. So perched and extinguished, exhausted. So so perched and exhausted as they were. They had a, they had a hope and took turns going down to the well bottom and digging up on digging on with a wheel. Soon it seemed that soon it seemed they would have cool water, but alas, their efforts were doomed to fail. After another foot or two of digging, they hit a great stone blocking their way. There was no way of digging around it. The narrow shaft already sliding with sand would collapse if the base were widened any further. In despair, they all lay exposed on the hot sand and wept. Don't give up, said the grizzly merchant. Tie a rope around the lower and lower me down into the well. As they lowered him down, uh, loose shifting sand slid and hissed ominously down around him. He knelt upon the stone and put his ear to it. He could hear the, 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 like it could hear, like a distant hum, the movement of water beneath the stone. Up, he called. Draw me up. I don't know, bro. You probably gonna get stuck in that sand because it already had that little ominous little form shadow. But let's see. The tunnel was treacherous. With every pull, 
uh, he had to keep from brushing the whale side and causing a whole shaft to complete to collapse. They're doing a good job of visualizing this to me because I, I was thinking this, you know, this was happening. Um, he came out covered with sand. He was grind, uh, grind but smelling. He was grim but smelling. The water is just below the stone, and uh, said the wise merchant. But a sledgehammer, get a sledgehammer and bring to to me the strongest and most well rested man among you. A sledgehammer was brought, and the large and a large framed, big bone youth was led before the merchant. Son said the merchant, "It's up to you." The stone at the well bottom must be broken. The water is flowing just below the stone. Rouse your ever, ever confidence. You are the strongest among us. Our lives depend on your determination. Take this hammer and break that stone. The youth it was lowered carefully down into the hole and landed safely upon the stone. There was hardly room for him to swing the hammer, but he lifted it up and struck the stone a great blow. The stone didn't budge. He tried again and again. It was never, it was a never, it was a nerve-wrecking work. It was nerve-wrecking work. The water was definitely just below. He could feel the whole stone humming with the force of his, of his flow. But it would, if one clearless swing were to hit the tunnel wall, the whole shaft might cave in upon him. He wiped his brow again, carefully lifted up the hammer, and again brought it down with a great jarring blow. Again, he swung, and again, still the stone would not break. The youth could not go on. The constant threat of the tunnel's collapse, his own thirst and weakness, the soul, the, 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 the solidity of the unyielding stone, the hissing of the sand sliding down the shaft, all conspired to sap the, the, his deepest reserves of strength. Pull me up, he cried. Get me out. It's hopeless. The merchant st stuck his head uh, down in the dry well shaft. Son. It's difficult, but not hopeless. You can do it. The stone will break. Don't give up. If there was ever a time to exert your strength to the limit, this is it. Give it one more shot and give it all you've got. Heartened, the youth lifted up the hammer one more time and swung it with the, with the whole of his heart and strength. The rock cracked, split, and a geyser of cool water shot up. Quickly, they hoisted him out of the well as the water shot up, bubbling and dancing out of the hole. The merchant fortitude and the youth's strength had saved them. After filling their vessel and drinking their fill, they tended to the oxen, then made their way safely out of the desert. In that, uh, okay. In that desert, the well bubbles still. Even today, travelers in the wasteland praise the man who left this bounty for them. And that's the end of that story. It's okay. It was, a, it was an okay story. Um... You know what it kind of made me think of, though, is uh, when you're with a group of people, you're at your and you're trying to survive or if you're just by yourself and you're trying to do your thing and you're, you're studying hard or you're playing sport or you're trying to master a craft or whatever that is. Um, it is important to get your rest and work hard or work hard to, to stay well rested early when you see signs of that happening rather than later when you're completely screwed you know like when you just you just asked out out in the desert when a semi-circle because you missed an hour of sleep when you know if you just slept like earlier took a break had someone take over you know what you was doing instead of being like oh look at me you know you might not be in a situation where you have to worry about people losing their lives in some sand tunnel
whale. Sand whale. Not even sand tunnel. Sand whale. But let's go ahead and go to this, um, <clears throat> you know, the commentaries. Let's do it. All right. Get all, give it all you got. But they, they did. He did make sure he's a good coach. An encouraging, straightforward Jataka, Jataka, uh, preser uh, perseverance and stead steadfastness. One can easily see from this Jataka the ease uh, with which these tales have been used in teaching by the Buddha to whom they are traditionally ascribed, but also by the Buddhist teachers, preachers, and wandering storytellers, uh, uh, storytellers ever since. The traditional opening and closing of each Jataka is ascribed to the Buddha and establishes a context in the present for the tale of the past. The opening for this Jakarta tale essentially goes like this. Once a young monk came before the, the Buddha and said, and said that he could not go on, uh, that the training was, uh, was too difficult. I am like a dry well, oh world honor one. I have tried and tried and cannot go on. It is pointless. There is no water down at the, at the bottom of the well shaft. I feel I should quit and return, still unenlightened to my home. The Buddha replied, this is not the first time you, ha uh, you and I have spoken in this way. What you did in an earlier birth, you can do again now. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you an old story. And a version of it is, uh, and a version of its closing is as follows. Now, long ago, the Buddha, ages past, you were the youth, strong but without full confidence in your own strength. But I was the merchant who encouraged you to go on and try once more to split the rock. Soon he headed. He added, "The rock of ego is hard to crack, but you can do it. Give it one more shot and give it all you've got." And the young monk. Hardened, heartened, returned to his practice with vigor and achieved a, uh, a breakthrough into truth. And that's that's that. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, I guess the last story I was reading, I didn't I didn't bring that up uh, about like determination and, and perseverance and keep pushing. Like you think that there's no way to go on and you think you've tapped it out, but um, but your body will do whatever you tell it to do. You know, for the most part. I know that's there's some things you can't I can't do to go fly, but if you're gonna to try to fly, if you're almost there, you might as well just keep going. Like you know, just, just if you're floating, don't give up. You're almost flying. Uh, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Reading with finest. Boop boop doo 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 boop doo boop.